I am looking for the perfect synthesizer setup for me so I can express what I have deep in my soul. And I've done a lot of research online and hands down, the best place that I have found to go to find all the synthesizer gear that I need is at patchworks.com. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. I couldn't agree more. Patchworks is the place to go. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Listen, before we get into this official intro, I just, um, I've got to try something. I got this crazy email the other day. It's probably spam, but it just... I don't know, there was something about it that that, that made me want to try this. So they, they said that I I should do this on the show, um, and this is a way that I can use magic with a K, not with a C, um, to get more Patreon subscribers. Uh, so yeah, they sent me this little handbook and a little kit with uh, some stuff in it that I haven't looked at yet. They said to open it on air. So yeah, let me let's let's give this a shot. I'm just gonna reach over here and uh, light these candles. Okay, got the candles lit. Let's let's uh, let's open this little box of stuff here that they they sent. Um, okay, this is kind of weird. Uh, all right, it says place. The jawbone of a dead otter uh, directly in front of you. Okay. Um, what else is in here? Uh, place your first lost baby tooth just above the canine of the otter. This can. Well, this isn't my first lost baby tooth. There's no way that this. Okay, that's really weird. Um, now. Here's a little picture of a, some sort of creature that they're saying is called uh, Baphomet. Okay. Close my eyes. Now I'm just supposed to start uh, imagining Baphomet, I guess. This all seems pretty easy. We'll see if that works. Uh, if you'd like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, visit patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. Doing a lot of bonus episodes lately, uh, diving into specific pieces of gear, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. Super, super excited to have Todd Barton back on the show. Todd prepared a patch for us um, and he's going to explain what gear he used and uh, some of his techniques and then we're going to take a listen to that. Um, And honestly, I just kind of picked his brain for a bit too about a couple different topics and uh, yeah, as expected... I feel like I've come away from the conversation uh, richer for the experience, for sure. Um, I would advise you to pay attention 
to a lot of stuff that he says. A lot of really good insight in this episode. So um, thank you, Todd. It's, uh, it's always fun to chat. And we will get into that chat in a moment. But first, I want to remind everybody that uh, that we have some new modules out over at After Later Audio. Um, One of them is uh, a module with my big dumb face on it. It's called the Bleep Bloop 2000. It's pretty fun. It's a a really crazy drone voice or um, a pretty wacky CV source. And then we've got the Dirty Laundry, which is a dual wave folding uh, harmonics uh, destroyer type thing. Just you should go watch the demo videos that I did over at uh, After Later Audio's YouTube page. Um, I also did a pretty fun short mockumentary about the the bleep bloop with my friend Jenny. That's on the PodMod YouTube. Um, so yeah, I would love it if you would go check that stuff out. I'm also really excited to share that Basement State our. Uh, cool collective slash label here in in seattle is uh they're bringing our benny to the good shepherd center on october 16th um the good shepherd center has this this chapel space on the top floor and it's just absolutely lovely um so yeah i cannot wait to see our benny play there and i also just can't wait to hang out with austin i'm gonna try to coax him into making some music with me we'll see we'll see what happens um on that bill, we also have uh, Leandrol and what we talk about, and uh, my buddy Duffy. What's up, Duffy? Hope you're doing well. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, we've got visuals from Former and uh, interludes from Planar Drift. So yeah, go check out Basement State on Instagram. They just released a cassette a bit ago. That's pretty cool. Um, and I'm hopefully going to have them on the show soon. But October 16th, they're having good... Uh, <laughs> I can't talk. October 16th in the chapel space at the Good Shepherd Center. Our Benny live in Seattle. All right. I'm going to also do a demo of the Zoya Euro Bureau from Empress during this episode, but that'll come later. Um, And we're going to get into this chat with Todd Barton. But first, I have to let you know that support for this week's episode comes from manscaped who are the world's best in below the waist grooming uh technology they offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels that's uh that's fun to say manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 you heard that right the 4.0 join over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code podmod20 at manscaped.com Honestly, I was really excited when Manscaped reached out to me um, about getting their products on the show because I, if you've seen me in real life or if you've seen me on, on the socials, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Sasquatch. I am a short, round Sasquatch, so I guess... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a hairy dude, and uh, it's pretty nice to, to have the tools that were designed specifically for managing what, as I get older, has become an almost unmanageable uh, situation. I mean, my nose hairs are out of control. Um, you don't want to know about this stuff, but you know, it's real. It's raw. We, we, we hide this stuff. We keep it to ourselves because it's faux pas to talk about. Well, let's break down these barriers. We all know what swamp, swamp bud is and swamps, you know, when it gets swampy. Um, 
it's the worst. And it happens when you're walking around. It can also happen when you're sitting. If you're sitting and you're patching for long periods of time, yeah. Well, you know how you can, uh, you know, you can you can bypass that with the Manscaped Preserver. Um, it is a deodorant for that area, and I've been using it a lot lately. And um, yeah, it's it takes care of that whole that whole situation. So once again, if you would like to help the show and help yourself out and maybe even make your partner pretty stoked, head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code PODMOD20 to get 20% off the Lawnmower 4.0. Once again, that is promo code PODMOD20 at manscaped.com. So it's been it's been uh, over two years, I think. Over a year and a half for sure since you were on. Oh, over two years, like two and a half yeah. years? Yeah, two and a half years, yeah. And that's just way too long. <laughs> um, but I'm getting to the point wh- um, where I've been doing this so long, I, there's a couple different ways I go about asking people to come on. And some people, it's like, I want to learn about what they're doing. And some people, it's just like, I just want to hang out with them for about an hour and have a conversation. <laughs> and I, I thought, yeah, it's, it's time to hang out with Todd. It's oh, been too long. So. Cool, Tim. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Tim. Great to see you, uh, uh, hear you, I guess. people. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> people don't know that we're seeing each other. <laughs> What you've been up to? Well, I guess we did we did meet in person at Velocity in between you being on the show, and that and that was that was really cool. Yeah, Velocity um, was great. Boy, that yeah. was that was stunning. I really loved that uh, environment and the good vibes and all the great people there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I remember. I think uh, you get, you and Banna Hafar and Basic were all sitting at this one booth. Yeah. for a while chatting and i just remember watching everybody walking by and being like those three are together at this booth in seattle <laughs> like everybody was just like it was it was super surreal it was really fun yeah likewise um, for me it was great yeah. yeah it was cool just to walk down the hall and just be like hey i know you i know you but like i've never actually met you in like person person but to, it's i mean the zoom thing we've, we've gotten used to it i guess and adapted to it but uh it's there's you can't go you can't replace that in-person connection you know yep absolutely yeah. as you know breathing the same air right yeah you know yeah and and feeling actually feeling the air in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> and the sound yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i mean i don't i i know everybody's kind of over covid but i kind of was curious like how did how did how did your covid go how did your 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 pandemic your sheltering in place like was that what did that do anything for your creativity good or bad um yeah well that was a long haul right yeah or it is mm-hmm. a long haul i mean yeah we're kind of still yeah. doing it yeah i mean i'm i'm really old so i'm one of the targets <laughs> yeah uh, you know so yeah I, you know the one word answer is yeah i've been quite creative um mm-hmm. it for some reason, it didn't take me down, but I'm a hermit, any rate. So uh, <laughs> sequestering wasn't, you know, it was my normal mode. Um, mm-hmm. And but what was interesting was um, January 2020. Um, I went to Europe uh, with my daughter, and we were in Italy for a couple of months. On the way there, I noticed you're having Robert. Ike Abre Lo on, 
uh-huh. and I played a concert with him and Rochelle Rame in New York before oh, flying to Italy. And in Italy, the day before we traveled, we were living, uh, you know, home based in Tuscany, but we were going to take the train. Well, we took the train down to Rome, but two days before, the first case of COVID showed up in Rome at a hotel. Oh, jeez. And nobody quite knew what was going on other than the couple had been taken to the hospital and the hotel had been shut down. And so I quickly Googled it and found out it was only two blocks from the hotel we were going to be in. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So basically our whole time in Italy was watching COVID blow up. And Uh I did concerts in Rome and Milan. And then my other concerts started getting canceled. So we uh-huh. left and went to Brussels and did a concert there. And apparently they shut that down <laughs> the oh, next gee. day. <laughs> oh, wow. And then went on to Amsterdam and uh, played the Concertgebouw. And it shut down the day after. So we just got back to the United States just in time. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you were really, really riding it close there before yeah. everything kind of, wow. So. What a what a surreal experience that must have been, you know, to see something like this pop up and then, yep, it just like, for me it was uh, once once South by Southwest was canceled, I was like, oh, this is a serious thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that you got to get some live gigging done at least right before, you know. That's yeah, it was know, maybe... it was wonderful. I'm really thankful, and you know, mm-hmm. great venues. So. Yeah, goodness, whatever. That must have been fun too to to do it with your daughter to do like a little European tour and, and get yeah. to travel with your daughter. That's, yeah, that's she awesome. does art, and so um, you know she was you know drawing and painting all the time, and I was you know making noise. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you record any of these live shows or anything? Uh, I no, they weren't recorded. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going through your, your band camp and I, last night I was listening to a a live set that you recorded in, I think 2018. Oh yeah. Um, Right. Or kind of a recent one. It was just with the easel. Right. That was Cafe Oto. Actually. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's interesting. It was the, the last time we talked like two and a half years ago, Uh huh. that album, Multiman Parvo, uh, uh, I was going to do a American release party at my daughter's uh, gallery. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh-huh. all linked up, right? So, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, uh, April Aaron Cooper, uh, uh, Mission Andre was playing also, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. But so that was the American release party. The European one was at Cafe Otto in London, and that's, oh, I see. And okay. uh, that was my live set from um, okay from that. Okay, and that was all easel? All easel, yeah. Yeah, because I was listening to that and kind of uh, reflecting on our last conversation. I even went back and, and re-listened to it. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, you said at that point, I mean, it's only been two years, but at that point you said, I think the easel is bottomless. I'm just curious, have you found a bottom yet? I haven't. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Every, I know, I'm still finding things. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, once I made a, a graphic, I took all 
on, of the easel, right? There's that whole um, matrix of banana jacks that are inputs and outputs sort of between mm-hmm. the keyboard and the, the brains. Mm-hmm. And then, there, of course, there are jacks elsewhere on the brains. Mm-hmm. And so I did one of those things where, okay, I'm taking this jack and I'm going to every possible other jack. And then I'm doing <laughs> that with every one, every one that's possible. And, you know, it was uh-huh. like a thousand lines. Yeah, yeah. Know? Wow. And it's like, okay, yeah, the factorial on this is huge. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I still go. Oh, I haven't. I could put that in there, and mm-hmm. it, it either makes no sound or it makes something I didn't expect. So, yeah, and uh, the, yeah, that kind of links together with just I wanted to say how like impressive it is that that recording that I listened to of that live set with just an easel because you go so many different places and you do Mm -hmm. so many different textures and it seems like you really turn on a dime, which Uh for me, like I don't, I still don't understand how that works. Um, especially in an analog world. Um, and then on something that is, appears to be relatively compact, like, like an easel. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad because I, I practice and try to turn on a dime. you know, I guess I've, I've, I've always approached the easel as an instrument and, you know, mm-hmm. like a guitarist or a violinist or something, I want to be able to go anywhere, anytime that I'm sensing or feeling it. So glad that came across. Yeah. The, what I've developed is I use a looper. Okay. So this allows me to in real time layer what is yes, a limited mono mono instrument Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, various techniques and approaches to building up layers Um, and then that also allows me to while that is developing to then go toward the next sound sometimes which I will sort of dial in other times (laughs) I will just move sliders and um, you know Press the kill switch on the looper, and uh, we'll see what's yeah. <laughs> on the other side of the abyss. Uh, and now that yeah, that's is that like a confidence in the in the mach- the machine, or the confidence in your relationship with it, or or is it pure exploration? Oh, that's Just, a great question. See. It's definitely confidence in the instrument. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe for me, Don Buchla's design is incredibly musical. I mean, I I looked at this, you know, like the source of uncertainty or the random voltages coming out of the easel. I realized early on are musical. I don't have to worry about them anymore. I can start. Okay. I can start um, sculpting and moving them around, knowing that they're going to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a confidence in the instrument. And a confidence in my relation, as you put it, my relationship to it, because I just do it every day. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I come back, you know, I came, came up studying trumpet from the age of eight. And, mm-hmm. you know, my early life was spending four to five hours a day practicing and the other four performing in, you know, orchestras, okay. jazz bands, mm-hmm. wind ensembles through high school and, and college for 
you know, a decade. Yeah. So sitting down and practicing for hours at a time is in my DNA. And I, pra- yeah. I practice the easel. Uh, mm-hmm. I practice transitions, basically, uh, because that's okay. where the, that's for me where the composition and the life and the magic lives. It's okay. How do I get from one thing to the next? And especially if I'm going to do one of those things where, hmm, okay, I don't know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> so I practice going to that and then, oh, it was silence. Rather than flipping out, I've started to practice, oh, it's silence. So how do I work with that? You know, uh-huh. how do we get what's next? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that that you kind of led me right into the third part of this three-part question I was thinking about this morning, and then after this, I think I, I we're just going to be uh, we're just going to be spitballing it here. Okay. Um, <laughs> you mentioned on our our previous episode um, that you did daily daily practice the easel, and I was curious if you were still because I know that you I know that you do Euro rack, and I know you do surge and, and all sorts of different stuff, but I was wondering if you're still a daily practitioner of, of the easel. I definitely touched the easel every day, you know, some days, not as much, uh, you know, especially, well, what I have been doing and it didn't really slack off during the pandemic is, uh, you know, teaching via Skype, uh, private, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, lessons. And so sometimes that's on surge. Sometimes that's on Hordike. Sometimes that's on hero rack. So, uh, my clients keep me on my toes, so mm-hmm. I may touch the easel, but if it's going to be a, a day of working with clients that are in Eurorack, I'm in the studio prepping for an hour or so. Okay, okay. <laughs> on your I just rack. noticed your shirt. Hey, there you go. Hey, that's a sweet shirt. Yeah, dress <laughs> i got to get the... some more of those. <laughs> it is. It's pod mod, dressed for the occasion. <laughs> Heck yeah. i got to get some more of those made. Um, so you're still doing the, the lessons online. Yeah. Okay. Um, I imagine that has to keep you like, if, you know, if you're still interested in, in the work of doing the lessons, which I'm, I'm assuming you are, if you're still doing it, um, that has to keep you kind of, I'm trying to look for the word, maybe keep you honest with yourself creatively, you know, creatively, because you're, you're, you don't want to just keep teaching them the same thing over and over. So you, like, do you find that you have to push yourself to push them? Uh, good question. Uh, it totally, I, I think the overall thing is, yes, they all keep me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it depends on the client, you know, with some clients that are like just learning, uh, in a way, I push myself to come up with, you know, things for them to have like homework or something, which is mm-hmm. sort of not my right. norm, not my normal uh, mode. Um, mm-hmm. Others we are exploring together, and others uh, that you know we've been doing this for a couple of years. They actually, you know, are coming up well. Hey, what if you do this, this, and this, or how can I get that? Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, definitely a challenge to me, and that's why I'm out there usually an hour ahead. 
uh, or you know days ahead trying to <laughs> come up I, you know I, I have clients that you know teach electronic music in major universities or people that are performing you know uh-huh. so uh, that you know they not only keep me honest but keep me uh, you know the synapse firing and growing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's so great. Like I'm I'm an instructor at a and it's at, it's at an electrical apprenticeship, but I I was a, a TA all through grad school and stuff and I just really love I love teaching. I love sharing with people stuff, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm excited about. Um and especially I I did a little bit of what I called like more creative consulting over over Skype over the uh pandemic because I my teaching job wasn't happening. So I needed something to do. Um, and that was really fun to get together with people who, you know, who had specific things they wanted to learn about, you know, specific modules. And I basically, I would write them a patch recipe. They would send me a, we would sit there and talk about their system and I would ask them questions about what they knew about it. And then Mm -hmm. I would write them a patch recipe. Like I want you to do, I want you to make something like this. Um, and that was really fun. But, uh, yeah, it, I started realizing, oh, man, if I was going to really do this, it would be a lot of work. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just kind of ran out of time to, to put in that much work to, to do it. And I didn't feel like I was like, yeah, I didn't feel like I should do it anymore. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like a really rewarding experience for you. Uh, it's, it's quite, you know, I feel very, very lucky. You know, mm-hmm. so that, uh, um, yeah, yeah keeps keeps the old brain functioning yeah i've been you know there's all this research that you know you hear about saying like oh yeah doing crossword puzzles or reading regularly you know helps you keep sharp as you get older and and i and i keep wondering myself like is is patching kind of my crossword puzzle like is this is (laughs) absolutely i totally believe that yeah yeah yeah, I mean it's it's your problem solving. It's Legos for adults. I've I've heard some people <laughs> say. <laughs> right. Um. Actually, you know, there's something that it just popped in my head, but it's something that I I actually really took with me after our our first chat. Um, we were talking about a daily practice of mm-hmm. like meditation and how you you talked about how how yours had evolved, and um, you. I'm, I hope I get this right, but you 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 said your practice was like you were more a, a walking and listening, a sound kind of like a listening meditation on walks, um, and that really, the concept of that really stuck with me, and it's something that I've tried to do myself when I'm out mm-hmm. for a walk. Um, mm-hmm. So th- I want to thank thank oh. you for that, but I'm <laughs> curious if you're still doing that uh, or if it has it evolved more. Uh, well, I'm delighted that uh, you've. You're incorporating it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I did it this morning. I usually mm-hmm. get up around sunrise because that's when actually things go from quiet to more more stuff happening in the sonic uh-huh. environment. Um, so yeah, no, I still walk and listen. It's, you know, based on Pauline Oliveros's. Uh, she was, you know, her deep listening was mm-hmm. all about, you know, what's the closest sound, what's the farthest away sound, what's the sounds in between, or is there stuff from the left, right, above, below, what's the, you know, what do your 
shoes feel like on the gravel or what do they sound like uh, mm-hmm. and you know so no i still do that and you know i keep learning because listening to sounds it's like oh wow that you know that fly actually is not far from the pitch of the big 18 wheeler five miles away on the freeway that i hear and oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. now i don't hear the fly now i hear the 18 wheeler how'd that happen uh-huh. you know, so it's it those are things i can surely use in composing and mixing you know? yeah that's the first thing that i um you know, think of when I, when I catch myself listening, you know, to everything, like sometimes, you know, I'm just doing it and then I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm like mixing the surrounding <laughs> world right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny how you can get that inspiration because I feel like, especially in the type of music that we find ourselves in this, this kind of experimental electronic world. Um, I feel like space is so, so important to have things, swirling or placed in in different areas where they sound like they're they're coming from different directions or something um yeah it just since you like since i've started doing that i've noticed that i i even can enjoy laying in in bed at we live we live right by boeing where they're building (laughs) their planes we're under the sea tack flight path oh boy by yeah and we're by like a highway so it is loud here all the time and sometimes i just lay here and listen to it and pretend it's like an ambient album and Uh really enjoy it um oh good and i'll wave (laughs) next time i fly into (laughs) seatown yeah i'll just keep an eye out let me know when you take (laughs) off and i'll keep an eye out for you (laughs) but something else that came up last night that kind of made me chuckle um in, in context of this, uh, I'm laying there and somebody's dog is just barking, mm-hmm. barking. And, and it kind of is doing the same cadence of bark. And I'm, f- and I'm, I'm kind of like trying to be like putting into practice. Well, this is part of the, this is part of the thing. Um, I think Ram Das, you know, would like said, like, it's all grist for the mill, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just, I'm not there yet. It was really annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm with you. There's a neighbor's dog went off for two hours and about an hour and a half in, I was like, okay, well, there goes my Zen. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. I guess it's the remembering, right? Yeah. I mean, the the other, the other, I didn't do this. I should have. Yeah. Well, there's that should word. It would have been mm-hmm. interesting to have done, um, <laughs> which is because it is periodic bark, is then to start to imagine a backbeat and actually compose over it, you know, in my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh-huh, mean, uh-huh. that's the way in in college, in some classes, uh, I, the teacher will remain uh, anonymous. You know, and this was like 50 years ago, right? But mm-hmm. we had fluorescent lights in the classroom, which would go, mm, right? Uh-huh. And if the lecture got really boring, I would just start singing in my head little Gregorian chants against the drone of the fluorescent <laughs> light. Because uh, I found that more interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think next time that dog goes off, I'm going to like... Just plug, like, get a field recorder and then plug that into an envelope follower, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and side chain something. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 
Nice. Oh, that's funny. Um, so is there, I'm, I'm curious, is there anything that you've been listening to or reading or watching or just anything that's kind of you're finding inspirational these days? Yeah, lots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an open-ended question. Yeah, well, uh, first out of the shoot is uh, rewatch this uh, documentary on the artist Hilma Alf Klint. Swedish okay. artist and boy talk about inspirational um I'm over the moon for all her work and she she was like uh, late teen, uh, 1800s early 1900s and okay. was doing abstraction guess what before the guys were yeah right so yeah. Uh-huh. uh and she would do these huge paintings I've had friends that got to see them both in Sweden and it uh, and in New York and I can't, I, I hope it tours again, because I would love to see her work. So, mm-hmm. um, and she's just so connected. Uh, so, Hilma Alf Klint uh, also rewatched uh, uh, Cecil Taylor. There's a documentary out called All the Notes. And he's just, I mean, you know, it's classic. I remember it was, uh, I think, uh, Philip Gelb and Dana Reason and actually Pauline, they were here as a trio and we were talking and this was like, you know, 10 years ago or something. And mm-hmm. he said, oh, you've got to see this documentary. It's totally where it's mm-hmm. at. And, and I agree. So all the notes, Cecil Taylor, okay. I mean, again, it was interesting. He said, we practice so that we can innovate we practice so we can create, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, it's like, uh, yeah, there's so many nuggets in inside that documentary. Yeah. And, that feels uh, very applicable to, to modular synth yeah, in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those listeners, Cecil Taylor's a avant-garde experimental jazz piano yeah. player. Um, uh, what else? Oh yeah. I'm, going down two other reading rabbit holes. One mm-hmm. is the book that came out uh, earlier this year on David Tudor by okay. Yu, uh, Yo Nakai. And it's it's just fabulous, just learning about David Tudor's approach to sound. And, um, you know, he did electronics with John Cage and Gordon Muma for Merce Cunningham's mm-hmm. dance company, Live Electronics. And he built his own little DIY boxes and hooked them up to do feedback. I mean, he's the godfather of feedback um, okay. performance. Okay. And in fact, if you haven't heard it, you know, it still blows everybody from my, from my perspective out of the water. It's a, play, a piece called Tone Burst. Okay. And it's all, it's all live. It's like ten and a half minutes of feedback and noise. But the thing is, David Tudor is so frigging musical. You know, he's a child uh-huh. prodigy, playing organ and substituting for his organ teacher. <laughs> as, oh wow! <laughs> as, at the age of twelve, and then oh, went wow. to piano, okay. and then became the the piano player for Morton Feldman and John Cage and Christian Wolff okay. and that whole gang. Any rate, and then went into electronics. 
And what okay. I've found out is as a piano player, you know, he had he had virtuoso technique, which mean when I think about it, it's like, yeah, those fingers are going on the keys. Uh-huh. What he was spending his time doing was figuring out once it was on the key, feeling the escapement, feeling that hammer and working the decay. And I think as Whoa. electronic musicians, it's easy for us to think about the attacks because we have sequencers, we have things that do attacks. Mm -hmm. But I've been trying to spend more time listening to the decays and what's going on there. So uh -huh. David Tudor book uh, is called uh, Reminded by the Instruments by Yo Nakai, Y-O-U okay. Nakai, N-A-K-A-I. Um, Okay. And then the other thing is, I have just about everything ever written on Edgard Varese, who did, uh, you know, he was into early electronic music, uh, Poem Electronique, which was uh, 1958 at the Brussels World's Fair. Um, but he was, he was talking about wanting an instrument that sounded like electronic. He was writing about that in 1917. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And in the 30s, he was definitely going, okay, I think this is coming. I hope uh -huh. I live long enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This, uh, this is a great reading list. This all sounds like actually kind of in the right up the alley, um, right up my alley. I'm kind of in a headspace right now of wanting just to explore more of, uh, yeah. Not not gear specifically, but techniques of how I want to. I really want to harness. I want to harness the the sounds of the outside world hmm. and process them, but make them musical. And what I've been doing lately is, you know, I have the R bar, which has a external microphone on it. Hmm. So I'll kind of use that, and I'll run that through all sorts of stuff, which is makes some pretty cool results with granular synthesis and stuff. But a lot of times, it sounds like swarming. It sounds like <laughs> white noise or it's, you know, so I'm still on this kind of journey of how can I, how can I make this stuff that's maybe not necessarily musical sound a little more musical? Um, yeah. So yeah. This, this, these sound like good things to read. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, I was just also thinking, um, it's been a while since I've heard it, but I think, Beatrice Ferreira, mm -hmm. um, Argentinian, I believe. Uh, her uh, use of natural sounds and electroacoustics, something to go take a look at. Okay. All right. Yeah, great. Thanks for the recommendation. All right. Pardon the interruption, but I want to talk about the Euro Bureau, which is the Zoya module from Empress. Um, I love this thing. It's not only a module, it can be a desktop semi-modular synth um, because it comes with, you can, well, you can order a case with it um, and switch what type of power it runs off of. So I've been keeping it in its own case uh, because I have a couple different Eurorack cases that I like to work with. So um, what you're hearing right now is the Bleep Bloop 2000 is the voice going into the Euro Bureau, and then it's going through the ping pong delay and the reverb that is on the, uh, 
the Euro Bureau. So all effects are coming from that. I'm running some CV from my case into the four CV inputs. Ooh, my voice just cracked. Into the CV inputs on the Euro Bureau um, and either processing that CV or actually triggering other modules on the Euro Bureau. So I'm using the four CV outputs as well. Um, so let's see, I've got a CV filter. I'm filtering that CV from the, uh, the boundary by Schlappy Engineering. And then I'm controlling that filter with um, an external LFO. And then that output is going into the VCA of the bleep loop. So just kind of, you know, using it as a CV processor here, but using external control to control this module. Um, and then this is kind of the opposite. I've got a, I've got the, a, a sample and hold that is, uh, I'm sending some different LFOs into and can, in using other uh, LFOs outside to, to trigger it. And then I'm sending that CV into uh, the crossfade of the bleep loop. So that's why you hear the right there. You really hear just heard it going into the, the square wave. And then I've got um, an LFO module on the Euro Bureau going into a sample and hold. And then that's going out into a quantizer. Um, but that trigger of that sample and hold is being controlled by an external module. Um, and then of course, I've got that uh, sample and hold through the quantizer out and into loops for frequency uh, controls. So yeah, that, that's basically that patch. I just wanted to illustrate how, um, how integral this can be with your system. Um, and it just can really stretch out your system. So I'm using three of my basic uh, mod, uh, CV modules on my, in my rack and one of my voices, and that's it. Everything else was um, either being controlled by or affected by the Euro Bureau. Um, it's just so much fun. The CV ins, CV outs. Um, there's a keyboard on it. There's all sorts of really cool stuff. We're going to get into all that. I hope that made sense the way I explained that. I was going to try to do an actual walkthrough of the patch, but it, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of wires and a lot of stuff. And without a video component, I think it would be so yeah, don't forget to check out the Euro Bureau. I think it's good for any case or for just a standalone desktop semi-modular. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I've actually been like trying to think of new module ideas ever since I released the bleep loop. I want to make a new module. And uh, I've been actually using the Euro Bureau to combine different types of modules and blend things together to, to kind of see like what kind of module I'd be looking for. So you can almost do like proto-prototyping on it. Um, if you decide to get one because you heard of it on PodMod, please, please fill out that warranty card. And on there's a section on the warranty card that asks you where you heard about it. And uh, tell them that I sent you. Empress Effects, the Zoya Euro Bureau. So, I like to do this thing now where I have repeat guests uh, come on and share some of their, their secrets with us. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I thought... Who better than, than Todd Barton, especially, you know, framed in this, this conversation about being an instructor and everything. Um, so yeah, I asked you if you would create a little patch and then kind of talk about, talk about it with us and then we can take a listen to it later. Um, so yeah, I think okay. that was about the direction I gave you. So, so where did you go with this? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I went to my Hordike 
uh, okay. system, which I know is uh, is rare. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know it, uh, is designed by Rob Hordyke uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, mm. I think he started working on these things like in the 80s. Uh, from my um, perspective, he and Don Buchla and Serge Trepnin are all of a piece when it comes to genius design, and each of them has their own voice of designing. Mm -hmm. And the Hordyke um, is 5U, and it's black, and it sort of looks like a Moog or a okay. synthesizer.com or like my old MOTM, um, which is deceiving because even though it has, uh, you know, an oscillator and a filter and an envelope generator, there's so much going on under the hood that it does not work or feel like, quote, for lack of a better word, the East Coast paradigm right. that it looks like. It's more like a mm -hmm. Buchla or Surge underneath the hood, and there's normalizations, uh, custom normalizations. Um, that uh, So the patch I worked on is actually fairly simple. It should be easy to understand, uh, but uh, what's going on under the hood, I can allude to. I'm not even quite sure what's going on. So, uh, <laughs> But let's see. Excuse the page hit. So I've got an oscillator in the Hordyke's uh, system. It's a sync oscillator, which in itself is already complex. It's it just is a single oscillator, but it has it can be changing uh, waveforms and shapes uh, smoothly. It has sort of a sample hold circuit built in, so it can engage and start giving random notes. Uh, okay. At any rate, so. You can think of your oscillator. Uh, I guess if we were going to do this in Eurorack or, um, you know, other 5U or, or Buchla, or, you know, you want an oscillator that is also has maybe a wave folder connected to it and some sort mm -hmm. of like potential randomness. Um, that is going into the Twin Peak filter. And the Twin Peak filter is two bandpass filters, which can also... Mm -hmm turn into sort of low pass. Okay. And the Twin Peak is one of the essences. Um, people might know a Rob Hordyke's Blippo box, which is mm -hmm. uh, actually it's reminding me of Bleep Bloop. We should talk about that <laughs> at some point. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of oscillators that are going through the Twin Peak filters in random ways and mm -hmm. the Blippo box. But, you know, Twin Peak filter. So, uh, dual bandpass filter. Um, then that's going to, uh, you know, a VCA, or in this case, it's a dual fader so that I can pan. So you're okay. going to hear a lot of panning. Um, then the rungler is what's driving all of this. And the rungler, again, that's the other part of a Blippo box. And uh, the rungler is like, equivalent to a woggle bug or source of uncertainty or uh, what the verbose random module or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, steady state fate 
uh, analog random. And I know there's so many others out there that I've yeah. never tried, but those are, yeah. it's, it's like that. It's, uh, I'm sending the stepped out of the random to the oscillator. I'm sending the smoothed out to the cutoff of the filter. I have an LFO, dedicated LFO that's doing the panning. And also out of the Rungler, I'm sending a uh, clock to the gate and uh, the ADSR. Uh, and then, so that's the patch. Which is the, is the, and the, the, the gate, is that just uh, controlling the, the oscillator output into the filter? Or uh, the gate's going into an envelope generator. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it, it's hitting... triggering. It's triggering the envelope generator. Okay. Right. Okay. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yep. Wait. What is the envelope? Then the wait. Sorry. I I said gate. I was thinking. Um, I was thinking low pass gate. Are you are you what are you uh, using the envelope for? The envelope's going to basically the VCA. The VCA. Okay. 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 Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's fairly <laughs> straightforward, uh, but because the Rungler and all this other stuff uh, is interactive, I always see a patch as a living thing, a living mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. It's not static, and I like to play the patch. So what you're yeah. going to hear is I am... I, I often think my, you know, try to figure out, I see my two hands as if I were a violinist or a guitarist, mm -hmm. you know, one hand is maybe doing pitch and uh, timbral changes, and mm -hmm. the other hand is, you know, doing articulation and timbral changes, or, and so what you're going to hear is, you know, monosynth, in live performance, and I'm exploring spinning on a dime. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm working the attack, the decay, the release. I'm also working the speed of the randomness. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm working cutoff on top of what's being worked on. And uh, I'm listening uh, it's sort of an exploration. I mean, maybe the best way to think about this is we're we're going down underwater and looking at really weird biomorphs with Todd. Uh -huh. And some okay. are going to be scary <laughs> and some are going to be mellow. And there'll be times where, oh, where are we? Everything uh -huh. stopped. And, uh, you know, in those moments of silence, I'm going like, I know I'm going to turn this knob, but I don't, you know. I will then get something that then I can have a dialogue with. So, mm -hmm. yes, know, some definitely. of these little biomorphs, I go, ooh, I like what you're doing. Let's stay there for a while. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I have the um, I have a Benjolin, which oh, is yeah. a Rob Hordyke, um, which has the Rungler in it, and um, so I I definitely I I have a good reference for oh. where you're coming for this because. I, that's how I kind of think about playing the Benjolin. I mean, for an individual module, you can just you can yeah. use it as your control source. You can just use it as your your whole thing, really. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's it seems like it had like like you said like you put Rob Hordyke in there with Serge and, and Buchla in being kind of 
like special in their designs um, mm-hmm. and and idiosyncratic and have their own voice. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it seems like the more I play with this Benjamin, the more I'm starting to understand yeah. that yeah. that voice. Um, how similar to? I mean, other than the Rungler, how similar to the Benjamin is um, the Hordike that you're using? Does it have some of the same sort of uh, like two, two oscillators that can cross mold, uh, modulate each other? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's mm-hmm. you know the the Benjamin is definitely a translation of the rungler so you have you know a and b mm-hmm. sine waves and you have you know cutoffs for the two band widths and you have you know different outputs uh, yeah. mm-hmm. so so this sounds like something you could kind of if you had you know you could bring your looper along and probably do something similar to that live set we were talking about earlier with with this instrument Oh, with the just the Rungler, or? yeah, with a yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. You you could do that with the Benjamin or the Rungler, right? You, mm-hmm. Looper because you could start off with noise and end up in you know some sort of you, you hit the little loop button and you can find a little mm-hmm. pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, I yeah, I did a couple live performance, well, remote performances out at out in the, the mountains over COVID with when, when I first got my Benjamin and they're, I think they're cool. You know, they're cool. They have, they have cool like settings and stuff, but like I can tell when I watch them, like this is me just exploring this and I am not, you know, I'm not, I'm very, very, there's a very small part of me that's like guiding it with any sort of knowledge of what's going to happen. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm keeping it in some sort of track, but, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah yeah sculpting the randomness is a lifelong <laughs> practice uh-huh. i think <laughs> yeah and you know that that was kind of the uh the the benjolin was was the original um inspiration for the bleep bloop uh-huh. which you mentioned a few minutes yeah, ago yeah. Um, even though the bleep bloop is nowhere near as, as com- complex but i wanted to kind of have that same sense of you know dive in and see what you can make it do you know yeah well i you know i've just watched the the video and i love that it's you know in a way it harkens back to the early days in the 40s and 50s when all they had were you know uh signed to sawtooth or signed to square wave i think you have signed to mm-hmm. triangle and signed to square but yep. four of them right that get mm-hmm. to interact so mm-hmm. and uh yeah that looks like that could be a fun one to play live too. Yeah, that's what I am finding. Like when I when I use it as a voice that actually makes noise, that's what I try to try to do is actually just play each thing live. Um, just ho- like you know, sci-fi horror-y kind of drones, but it's a really fun voltage source too, control voltage source because it all goes sub, and that's what I like about the the Benjolin is. Yeah. You know, everything that kind of can do both, I always start in the audible range, but then find myself almost exclusively using it as a CV source, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I can't wait to check out this uh, this patch that you built. Um, we're not quite to an hour, but uh, is there anything that you were wanting to, to, to promote or talk about or anything? It's... Uh... Gosh, sure. We can. Um, 
you know, in the last two and a half years, I did yeah, come right. out with another <laughs> CD uh, called Spaces, and then uh-huh. uh, I released a seven-inch vinyl, which I still have a handful of uh, okay, copies cool. left uh, over on my band camp. Um, mm-hmm. And most recently, uh, Bruce Baird, who's been my uh, Buchla Easel performance partner for, oh, boy, might be coming up on 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. We used to do a thing called, uh, every Saturday we would get together for two hours, a Saturday morning, and do improv with two easels. And we eventually started calling it control voltage therapy, because we <laughs> always felt so much better afterwards, uh-huh. uh, no matter how it went. Um, and uh, during the pandemic, uh, we were really having, you know, uh, uh, withdrawal and yeah, um, yeah. so we found a thing called Soundjack, and so we did duets uh, every Saturday morning. But, you know, I'm here on headphones, and he's uh-huh. at his house miles away on headphones. And we did record each of our individual tracks locally, but we also recorded them together in the cloud. Uh-huh. And then went back and just, you know, lined it up. So it was... Um, uh, there's you're gonna have to edit that something came <laughs> in um so yeah uh, then uh philippe petit who's in france and has modulisme and uh, you know, um, uh a, a large you know he's deep into boucle avant-garde experimental music has radio station on that he asked he wanted to start a new uh session or page or something with people that recorded during the pandemic remotely so uh-huh. ours is the first up to bat and it just came out on monday i think at oh, modulis cool. yeah com. okay i'll put that in the show description for sure yeah. i'm curious i get i get people asking me a lot um which i don't have a great answer so i I'm, i like to ask people who seem like they would uh how do you jam with other people on, on modular, you know, it seems like I've tried it a few times and it's, and while it has been fun, it's, it hasn't resulted in anything substantial that I'd want to show anybody, but do you have any tips for how to get started with, um, with jamming with uh, like two people in two different systems? Um, sure. I'll try. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, number one is listen and don't feel you have to jump in. Um, and also pay attention to the bandwidth. Uh, it's easy, especially with modulars, I find, to want to do something complex and showy right out of the chute. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's human nature. I, yeah, I do yeah. it too. Um, but you eat up a lot of bandwidth. And then there's no place to have a dialogue. So I, I see jam sessions as a dialogue, which also might mean silence, mm, mm-hmm. you know, which is also not, uh, not in the electronic, not, the synthesizer doesn't know silence. It just right, keeps yeah. pumping out stuff as <laughs> do sequencers. So mm-hmm. we get, Lots of sound and rhythm, but um, 
and that's very cool and can be sculpted. It has been, will continue to be awesomely sculpted. But I think uh, for a jam session too, just uh, maybe pairing back, listening, adding up, uh, find, finding finding more space. I, mm -hmm. You know, actually a, a back to velocity mm -hmm. on the way up, uh, Nathan Moody came by and uh, I said, yeah, you can stay with me. And we had dinner and I said, hey, let's jam. So Bruce came over and Nathan and I, I, you know, only met Nathan online and uh -huh. he brought like a bunch of cool stuff that he was going to do for his set at Velocity in Seattle. And here mm -hmm. we are in Ashland. Bruce brought his easel and I thought, hmm, okay. Uh, I just got out the Blippo box and a big knob that is uh -huh. a volume control. <laughs> uh huh. So, you know, back to how do you jam? You know, it's like, yeah, two easels and this whole array of Seat uh, Lombard and pedals and stuff that Nathan had. I was thinking if I do easel, immediately the bandwidth is, you know, even if I play conservatively. Uh, and so I gave myself the challenge of what if I only have the Plippo box and I can, you know, with that big knob, I can fade things in. And so, and Nathan goes, he puts his hotshot stereo recorder right in the middle of it and it turned into an album. I mean, yeah, none of us had yeah. jammed together ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, later he said, when he got back from Velocity, he said, I, I, I think, I think it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when that happens. Yeah, right? So, but there was a lot of listening going on. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, dialogue, it's like, you know, hey, thanks for coming over. Let's, yeah. Let's have a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Musically, let's, uh -huh. let's share some food together and have a drink. And what do you got going? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you, you mentioned that you kind of put that cherry on the top of it because I, I often say that I like to look at, you know, patching a modular system has like, you know, like there's something um, that that I think makes you better at being a person when you get better at this. Mm, and it is, mm -hmm. it's a patience thing. It's it's a expectation thing mm -hmm. or, or, or breaking down the idea of expectation. And I think this fits right in there with like this, all that advice is if somebody asked you, how do I make friends? <laughs> you know, like you could almost tell them the right. same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's yeah, pretty that's funny. Good. That's good. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's so hard to be quiet, especially when you're the conceit of the, the thing that you're doing together is actually making noise together. Yeah. yeah. That the, yeah. the silence is so important. That's something I even try to remind myself in my own compositions when I'm not jamming with people mm. is like, you know, Eno, all the, the early Eno ambient stuff. There's a lot of space in that. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I have not figured out how to add empty space to my, my stuff yet. Even though I, I, it's like, I consciously know that I want to do it, but I haven't found a way to integrate it yet. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Well, uh, two stories on that quickly. Uh, 
one of my professors actually got to this is you know decades ago um he taught drama and poetry at the university and he came through town you know 10 years after i had graduated and he goes you know last week i got to do free jam poetry with dizzy gillespie and i went wow okay and you know his name's Sai Khan, and so uh i said wow what was that like he said i you know he said well D dizzy and i went out for dinner afterwards and i looked at Diz and said how did you get so good <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dizzy said, well, you know, Sai, it took me 20 years to learn what to leave out. Yep. So, <laughs> I, that, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yep. And then the other one, uh, a John Cage quote I came across last week is, um, the material of music is, sounds, is sound and silence. Mm -hmm. Integrating the two is composing. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, I like that <laughs> so, a lot. Uh-huh. You know, it's pretty simple, straightforward, but there's a lot there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could unpack that. Um and I think like you you mentioned earlier, you know, like uh, synthesizers, they just want to go. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be extra, you know, you make a guitar go, you make a piano go but you make a synthesizer stop. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's pretty fun. Um, cool. Well, I really appreciate you getting together with me. Let me check the time. I want to make sure I don't eat up too much of your morning here. Um, yeah. We got, we're still under a little hour. Do you still, you still good for a few minutes? Uh, yeah. Well, you asked about other things to sort of promote. Uh, yeah. Two that come up to mind are Sarah Bell Reed, who's working on mm -hmm. an opera. So, definitely oh, yes, check out her patreon that. uh she is just on a roll as far as electronic mm -hmm. music electroacoustic music what she's doing uh and uh her partner ryan uh you know they're they're both deep into buchland surge and uh she of course has her uh tricked out extended trumpet and mm -hmm. uh boy it just seems like a really exciting project so there's ways to interface so check out sarah bell yeah. reed and the other one is, is you mentioned banna hafar and she's mm -hmm. got the uh, beirut what is it beirut synth studio or yeah. something like yeah that? something i don't know the name offhand yeah. but I, do, you, I know what you're talking about yeah and that seems to be happening too so uh, I, I, yeah i actually i I'm, i've been meaning to get back in touch with her because i want to talk to her about that specifically yeah. that sounds really cool yeah so those are two people i always am eager to see what's going on you know same here i think um yeah sarah is just it seems like she's an infinite spring of just putting stuff she's she's always doing something and it's always pretty robust yeah. and uh yeah she's, yeah it's yeah. she's a very talented and yeah she's she's a special she's a special mind and i think banna same with her yep. she yeah 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 so yeah other than that i yeah what's what's the plan just to keep are you working on anything like a, a new album are you thinking about trying to maybe play some shows soon at all or do you kind of keeping an eye on the situation still um 
Let's see. I did get to play a show in June okay. at a place called The Tank. Uh, it's in Rangeley, Colorado, which is the northwest corner of Colorado, out in the okay. middle of high desert nowhere. Uh -huh. But it's this huge seven-story tank that Bruce Audlin discovered and saved, along with all the friends of the tank that made that happen. Um, it was an old water tank for train something or other. Uh -huh. um, it has a 40-second delay. What? <laughs> yeah. Look up tanksounds.org. Tanksounds.org. Okay. Okay. And I can't forget that. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, so I got to play easel in there, but I also brought my um, tenor recorder, like, you know, Baroque recorder, and I brought uh -huh. my Shakuhachi because I had oh, yeah. to hear those two instruments in there. And so I bookended a, a long easel set. Uh, and I got to be there for like three, three days. So I got to oh really learn, uh, or begin to learn the tank. You know, uh -huh. I'd love to go back there and actually play the tank. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And um, did you? Is this recorded? Uh, there are the yes, there is recordings. There's apparently a small documentary with some of the recordings coming out. Uh, oh. It's supposed to be this month, but I think it's probably going to be next. But I'll. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll keep so, an eye out for that. So that, really that cool. was great. Uh, and then, yeah, album-wise, uh, recently I sort of had a breakthrough as far as I usually keep, you know, I usually compose like an album will be Buchla, whether it's Easel on 200, maybe a little Hordike or all Hordike with a smidge of this or all mm -hmm. Surge. Uh, but I did a piece about two weeks ago that was like a whole new ball game, and uh, it was like, wow, okay, maybe this has actually been in the works because it's utilizing Surge, Buchla, Waterphone, Prepared Piano, oh, cool. uh, also Metasynth, the uh, uh -huh. software program where you actually you know draw on the screen and it renders things uh which was something i did for 10 years so uh -huh. it was like it's like all the things i've been deep diving into as individual instruments all of a sudden came together in a composition and it felt totally integrated okay and so yeah that has that's I, i'm going okay well now let's keep on that and see if I can, you know, an album can unfold from that. Oh, I really look forward to that. Cause that actually, you reminded me that was something that I did want to ask you if you, how often, and if you liked integrating them. So that's, that's really cool to hear. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Cool. Um, right on. Well, Todd, this was so much fun. Um, and I don't want it to be two and a half years between, Next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we can see each other. Hopefully there'll be a velocity that we can meet yeah. at yeah. or something in Seattle. Well, I like to do road trips down the 101. So next time I do that, I'm, if, if I'm ever near the area, yeah. I'll, well, you'll have I'll to bop over to Highway 5. Yeah, I'll, 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 pop, I'll pop over, but yeah. Okay. <laughs>
All right, without any further ado, let's get to uh, the patch that, that Todd built for us. That was super fun. Um, it was so cool to listen to that after having the conversation, uh, especially considering how much we talked about space and, and restraint and silence and everything. So uh, take notes, everybody. Once again, thank you to Todd Barton for coming back to Podular Modcast. It wasn't his first time and it won't be his last. Um, thank you to all the sponsors, Patchwork Seattle, um, after later audio please check out the dirty laundry and the bleep bloop 2000 and the flip all now available to order if you buy it early enough it'll probably ship the same day um i i know that kind of thing because i uh, i know somebody who works over there Thank you to Empress Effects as well. This Euro Bureau is a lot of fun. Um, uh, remember, if you pick one up as a result of hearing me talk about it, please, on the warranty card, when you fill that out, because of course you want to fill out your warranty card, um, tell them the Podular Modcast sent you. There's a little section on the warranty card to let them know. Um, insanely robust tool, this Euro Bureau. It's, a, it's for those who don't know, it's a Zoya in modular form that also has its own case 
So you can put it in there and then power it off of uh, a 12 volt wall wart. So um, yeah, just really, really versatile and powerful. So much potential. Also, thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. It means a whole heck of a lot. Um, and if you would like to help to keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. There's going to, you know, there's weekly-ish bonus episodes where I do deep dives into different gear. Um, gear that I demo on the show, gear that I'm just excited about that I don't have time to demo on the show. Um, and finally, thank you to Manscaped. If you would like to save yourself 20% on the Lawnmower 4.0, please head over to manscaped.com and enter promo code PODMOD20 at checkout. That's manscaped.com, promo code PODMOD20. So yeah, support uh, support the sponsors, and you uh, you can support you can support the pod. So it's uh, synergy, you know. It all works together. Thank you for coming back to Podular Modcast. Until next week. <laughs>